If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. At Baker's, no matter where you order free pickup, you get the same great deals as you'd get in store. So you can save when you order during band practice or at the dog park or wherever. Start your cart with the Baker's app and save from wherever today. Baker's, fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum restrictions may apply. Subject to availability. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show featuring Jason Zuck. Jason has been an intuitive psychic medium since 2004. This show will cover a variety of topics relating to spirituality, mediumship, self-improvement, and intuitive guidance. Whatever interests you, remember that we are all here to share and learn. Sit back and get ready to socialize with the social psychic. Hello and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show. This is Jason Zook. It's with great pleasure that I have special guest Jamie Edwards Diafalo, a veteran school administrator with over 20 years of experience working with special needs students and leading school counseling and crisis response programs. Jamie will discuss identifying the common signs of distress in others, coping with disaster and traumatic events, and helping our children cope with stress during this coronavirus pandemic. As an ed tech innovator, he has designed educational software products and a comprehensive online learning system. Jamie earned his master's degree in educational administration, and he has a Bachelor of Arts in Psychology. Full disclosure with our audience, Jamie's my older brother, and I am extremely excited to have him on to talk about this very important talk, topic within the context of his educational background and professional experience. Jamie also has a company, Onspire Learning, which provides informational courses to educators and parents on such topics as the uh, coronavirus and other topics as well. It's with great pleasure that I welcome Jamie to the show. Welcome to the show, Jamie. Hey, Jason. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. I am really excited about us talking about these topics because of their relevance uh, to what we're dealing with right now uh, in light of the pandemic. I um First off, I want to make sure, uh, how's everything going up in New Jersey right now? On today is it March 26th, right? Yes, um, 27th, actually. 27th, that's right. days all being self-quarantined. Uh, um, it's, it's rough. I just uh, pulled up a headline. The county um, we grew up in and that I work in now has more coronavirus cases than 38 United States within um, individual wow. states, so it's 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 pretty it's bad up wow. here, um, and, and it's uh, it's not slowing. You know, each day it's doing what the experts said it would do. It's growing exponentially, and uh, we're just taking one day at a time, hoping everyone um, stays healthy and uses common sense and logic and reason, and um, you know, and also stays um, emotionally uh, healthy. And that's that's what we're going to talk about today. 
Exactly, exactly. Thank you for, for you know, coming on to talk about this. The first thing I want to talk to you about is your background as a school administrator. I know part of what you've done in your background was counseling and crisis response programs, and I wanted to see if you could talk a little about that based on your experience in terms of how that would apply now with this pandemic that we're experiencing. Right. As a school administrator, um, overseeing special education programs uh, and school counseling programs, uh, I've had the responsibility of also leading the, the school's crisis response team. And each uh, time there's a crisis response, it's, it's never exactly the, the, the same, but it's very uh, similar. And what I'm concerned about is <clears throat> this is a you know we are in a crisis, and one of the key factors of being in a in a crisis is uh, you know maintaining uh, you know some sense of routine and uh, a sense of uh, uh, trying to find normal even though we're in an in, in an abnormal period of time. Um, and what we're doing dealing with right now is very unique. Typical crisis response in the school um, would go through its the process of. You know the incident occurring, and then doing some fact finding, getting some information, putting in the crisis response efforts, and then knowing uh, within within a day or two, being able to predict how the uh, the zeitgeist of the school will respond. Uh, this is unique. Um, people are being you know required to to stay in their homes, uh, not go to work. Um, you know their tired routine has been. Uh, overturned, and um, the one key res- to a crisis response is trying your best to have the the masses be able to experience routine while you pull out those individuals who are who are not dealing um, in a healthy having a healthy response to the crisis. So, you know, we're we're in uncharted territory here. Um, I've never experienced this in my lifetime, and I'm concerned about how it's going to impact parents. Um, especially parents who are responsible for taking care of children and then may also be taking care of their own parents, uh, whether they reside with them or, or not, if they're, uh, you know, their parents are living independently or in a, in a nursing home uh, assisted living facility. So we're, we're in a very difficult time, and I think we need to be focused on how we are responding to this event and how it impacts um, us as individuals and then how we can help ourselves and then help those around us. Absolutely. Absolutely. And when you say working as a community, what type of things would you see us being able to do as a community? I started seeing glimpses of so many very positive things that are being covered of people coming together, donating their time, donating, being courageous, coming back from retirement as a medical professional to return to help our society. Uh, I just was to see what your opinion is on all of that as well. Is that what you're thinking as well? Well, it's, it's that, that's, very challenging, and that's a perfect example of how this uh, crisis is different from all of the others. Each time there is a unfortunate event, whether um, in society or within a family, the, the typical uh, response is for for a gathering. You know, if a family has a crisis, a, a oh, traumatic yeah. experience, people come together. They they they'll come together at a home or, uh, you know, get to, if, if we have a passing of a loved one, you, you know, you have the experience of the wake and the funeral and the repast where people come together. 
and in society as a whole, we we know very well those of us who recall the experiences of 9/11 and um, you know terrorist events uh, where people come together. This event That's has true. taken that away from us. It's stripped that um, from us. So now we have through technology found ways to be uh, able to simulate that experience, but it's it's not the same. Um, people are doing virtual get-togethers, uh, virtual. Um, you know, my my own children had uh, have had um, virtual little get-togethers with their classmates. Uh, they're trying to keep a sense of routine for them. They had, you know, 80s uh, school spirit week, 80s day. And instead of the kids dressing up in their 80s, uh, you know, garb and going to school, they're you know they're at home uh, and getting in front of a camera, yeah. a video camera, and sharing it with each other. So it's a nice effort, uh, but it's not the same as we know. So this is this is going to create a new normal for us, um, unfortunately. And I'm not a I'm not a, an infectious disease expert. I'm not a doctor. I'm not, you know, by by any stretch of the imagination, an expert on on the virus itself. But I am seeing how it's impacting education, and what impacts education impacts families and society as a whole. And this is this is causing a lot of major disruption and, and requiring a lot of major um, uh, adjustment on the on the part of parents um, and and children. Sure. Let's get into that for a second. I know that obviously none of the schools are open at this point through most of the country because of the circumstances, and most schools have moved to online learning approaches. I was going to see uh, if you had any any kind of um, opinion as to that, its effectiveness, and if there's going to be if that's going to be maintained for you know, longer than just this current school year. Well, I think it's, you know, I, I think it's unfortunate that we we needed a, a worldwide pandemic to push education, um, you know, to to shift the paradigm of education to be more responsive and open to what we're trying to do right now, which is uh, remote learning. Um, if we were in school, it would. Provide more opportunities for blended learning, which would be partial live instruction and, and then the rest remote. But um, I I think it's too it wouldn't be fair to judge how effective the remote learning is because it's right now being implemented uh, very clumsily. Um, I think we're going to come out of the uh, on the other end of this being uh, far better at implementing it. Um, because there's so many factors involved in terms of not just having the access to technology and access to the internet, but also having school districts having their uh, their their lessons and materials and having the ability to live stream with teachers. Some schools are calling remote learning uh, under the title of remote learning have um, parents either received physical hard copy stapled packets of work. Uh, prior to the the announcement that schools were going to close, others have been posting them online, and students, you know, hopefully have a printer at home. And others are more advanced technologically and and live streaming uh, lessons. Um, so it's 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 right now it's 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 a, a big patchwork, experiment. Huh? Yeah, yeah, it's patchwork, and it's so I wouldn't, you know, I'm not being critical in any way of it because I think it's it's the best we can do right now. I think we're going to come out of this with changes. I think. You know, emergency closure, closure, 
days of uh, snow days, emergency closings, things of that, will now uh, will be a thing of a past. We'll be able to have students not miss holidays and cut off vacations because of you know bad weather. They'll be able to do this remote learning from home. Many states will change their laws to permit it, which is a positive. Um, but unfortunately, great. we sure. had to have yeah. such a bad, bad experience to cause us to make that change. It's really uh, the the group that's being forgotten is the group that I'm primarily responsible for. Fifty percent of my administrative role is special education. The other fifty percent is school counseling, and the special education is the area that's really being forgotten. Um, because not only forgotten in, in a malicious way, I mean that how you can't provide occupational therapy, physical therapy via uh internet that's challenging you know uh, my right. daughter is recovering from a knee injury right now from basketball season i had to physically you know take her to the physical therapist physically put her in a car take her to the physical therapist today um they have you know they're allowed to provide physical therapy the governor's permitting that but that's what they have to do to put a heat pack on her and stim and do the exercises so i this you know students with autism who required um applied behavior analysis and discrete trials and there's a lot involved and those are the areas that we have to work out uh, somehow um to make sure that those those children are providing with the services they need um we'll have to make up all those sessions when the time comes when we, when we get there but um you know there's still always going to be the fringe areas that need to be polished and cleaned up but right now it's um you know it's it's a process that's going <clears> to <throat> naturally occur and, so, and hopefully we'll come out of the other side wiser and with better experience and better prepared. You know what? That makes me think of innovation, that we will gain benefits, unfortunately, from the pandemic. It causes these other aspects of our society to come together in certain ways, innovate. And for educational learning things with distance learning or online learning being more accepted and implemented into the actual law, I feel like that could really make some difference for a lot of accessibility uh, and universality, right? I'm, I'm assuming you could have some universal courses shared between. I don't know. That's just me thinking, but it, it, it sounds no, no. Like you're on the right track. Positive. So I mean, not not to yeah. go off off topic, but that that's you're exactly on on track with where I I think education is heading. I think we've been going in this direction now. Not just education, but counseling, medicine. Um, the shift is is been slowly. Uh, taking place where teletherapies are becoming more acceptable. Um, you know, you're seeing more advertisements now for uh, remote um, visits with doctors. So you don't have to physically go to the doctor's office. You can have the doctor, uh, you know, through a live stream video or a chat, just explain your symptoms, you know, um, things of that nature. And I think we're heading in that direction. The technology is going to always um, provide us with more opportunities to to adjust to situations like this might, might, you know, with education and instruction, um, it, it, it's heading in that direction as well. Uh, my concern is that we're going to, as great as technology is, it, we don't want to end up being completely disconnected from one another vis-a-vis -vis living our lives uh, in front of a screen, um, speaking to artificial intelligence or, you know, dealing with one sure. another remotely. Um, this, you know, this six-foot social distancing, um, you know, it's going to have its, it's going to have its effect on people uh, over time. People are, we're social creatures. Um, you know, I've, I've 
tried to keep a sense of humor through all this, and in no way I'm dis- not, I don't want to be uh, perceived as being glib or disrespecting those who were very sick and lost their family members. This is a tragic event. But I, I try to keep a sense of humor, and, and I've said to myself, um, you know, jokingly, that the introverts aren't complaining because this is <laughs> this is what they prefer. Um, you know, the p- people who like to just keep to themselves. Majority of the population, though, is so accustomed to shaking hands and, and embracing one another, and um, exactly, you know, so having that ability to communicate um, more than just verbally, but you know, through. Um, you know, the, the, your distance from one another and social distance and, and body language and things of that nature. And, and just being able to feel um, as if you don't have a, 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 a six-foot hula hoop uh, wrapped around your waist everywhere you go. Um, but that's where we are. You know, it's an adjustment. I go to the store, and what I'm noticing when I go to the store, there's now a like sort of barrier between... Or... Yeah, tape on the floor to show you where to stand yep. when you're waiting online and a barrier, like a little table that's put in front of the counter now so that you're six feet away from the person behind the counter. And, um, you know, everyone's trying to do their best to adjust. I am. Um, um, you guys have gloves up there? there. In, are you guys, like, putting um, gloves and using gloves, like latex gloves? The workers are wearing uh, retail workers, food service, they're all wearing gloves. <laughs> and uh, they're not handing out anything. I mean, we're, we're in New Jersey. We're being told, you know, stay home. If you go outside for a walk, that's fine. But you can't congregate. You can't get together, have a basketball game in the park. Or, you know, if you want to go for a walk, go for a bike ride, keep your distance. Um, like connect, there's a curfew. Connect you know, with nature or something. Yeah. Um, you know, we're 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 we non-essential businesses are closed. You know, a lot of businesses are being impacted by this. Uh, friends that work in healthcare, um, as doctors, nurses, healthcare providers, uh, they're really being hit hard by this. Um, many of them are are infected, and they still have to keep working. Um, so, you know, my my heart goes out to them. Um, they shouldn't be forgotten. But you, you know, they're the ones that are coming out of this, risking their literally risking their lives to treat people. And again, the county that I right. that we grew up in, the county that I work in, is the has more infected, more positive um, test results than 38 states, not combined, 38 individual states. That just gives you an idea wow. of potentially where the rest How of the country can go. Issue. Yeah, yeah, it's, no, it's that's growing a, exponentially. It's yeah, and you know that that panic feeling you can feel when you're driving around or if you're at a store to get groceries, you feel like that. You can just feel the, I feel the energy shift for me. I feel like you can just feel the tension, which is understandable, but I try not to let it affect me. I try to, I I smile, I can't be close to people, so I'll greet them and smile at them. And I try to like, just be open that way through gesturing, which, you know, it is what it is. Some people respond positive to that while others, you still stay distressed. But, um, let's go back on topic here. I just want to ask you a couple of things in terms of coping with a traumatic event. What would be, in your opinion, ways that we can not only react, how do, pe- how do we react to traumatic events and how, are there, how should we identify when people are going through a traumatic experience? So first let's set the, the, the ground rules that we're, we're, uh, we're going to discuss individuals who are not dealing with a mental health issue. Um, and I'm coming from the, and I'm, and I'm speaking 
from the perspective of a school administrator who's had the unfortunate experience of um, implementing, I believe it has been uh, a nine or ten crisis response um, initiatives in three different public school districts. Four, I'm sorry, four different, um, and uh, the you know majority of those were unfortunately um, were deaths. Um, so it, it's when we the first thing we do is uh, we we in education would create have in have in advance already have what we call a hot list and a hot list would be those students um, who we know are dealing with uh, another trauma um, you know has nothing to do with this incident uh, or, or who are currently in treatment um, privately or who are um, just coming out of uh, treatment who are medicated um, you know that hot list would be develop, is developed so that those are the the individuals that we need to really keep a close eye on because even if they are not directly impacted by the event, let's say if it was God forbid a, a car accident and a group of uh, high school students and there was a uh, one student passed away and they this you know the the students that are on the hot list may not have known the other student may have not have any contact with that student but just the fact that the school uh, you know community is experiencing the trauma would trigger them. So we would have that hot list. So when we talk about um, this event, um, we we're, we're, want to be mindful of those individuals who we would consider to be on that own, our family hot list or our friend's hot list. You know, who who is the friend or the family member that we know is uh, dealing with mental illness, has is on medications, um, is seeing their therapist regularly, making sure those people are are cared for and, um, you know, receiving their medications that someone's getting to the pharmacy to get the medication for them um, because they are at, at a higher level of risk than, than those of us who may not be um, dealing with those, those issues regardless of the event. When we discuss, put, put those people now, they're cared for, and we put them you know, to the side and we're discussing the individuals who are, you know, just typical um Americans going about their day, go to work, take care of their kids, raise their families, who n normally have experiences of you know a little bit of melancholy from time to time, and um, you know not not dealing with clinical depression. Uh, but there's you know a trauma experience like this does not come um, in 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 the perfect checklist of of responses. So the key that I, um, when we do a crisis response and I remind the school counselors and psychologists and social workers each time is what we're looking for is change. So we're looking for a change in behavior um, and having them make sure that they're asking the students and the staff as well, are you sleeping more or are you sleeping less? Are you eating more or are you eating less? Are you tempted to drink more or use drugs or, are you, you know, anything involving uh, a change because that change is an indicator of of the response to the trauma and we want to monitor that change and anything that you know the, what the therapist and, and the psychiatrist and medicine tells us is anything beyond two to four weeks of that experience where we should be a little bit more concerned so it'd be normal within you know two to four weeks of going through a traumatic experience to be able to know that you're going to come out on the other end better it's your body is going to, you know, go through through the adaptation of the 
being um, a change of routine, your sleep cycle should come back, your eating habits should come back. It's when you're n- not able to, to get back to your normal that you should be concerned. Um, and that's why we make that hot list and triage those individuals who are already much more susceptible. So as a, for adults... That would make a lot of sense, yeah. Yeah, for adults, they need to be really mindful of, yeah. of their of their experiences because as adults, my biggest concern is for the adults who are uh, middle-aged, caring for their own children, and then also feeling responsible for their parents because this virus is um, causing a lot of concern among the elderly population. Um, and even though our the population of, of you know, 60-plus, well, I wouldn't really call them elderly, but they're much more healthier and robust than two genera- a generation ago, they're still at risk. And you have a lot of, um, you know, 40, 50-year-old, you know, 30-year-old adults who have children of their own that they don't want to risk getting infected, and then they have their parents that they're worried about. And they're not able to care for either end if they're not caring for themselves. So, uh, I, I, you know, I've spent a good amount of time um, creating courses uh, free content in in Onspire for school administrators um, to you know have a course to look at to, from the CDC to say this is how you can help your school manage this experience and and I created a course for just for the general public what is this virus because there was so much misinformation and myth about it and then the third course I created is which is what we're discussing now is how to manage this trauma experience as an individual maintaining your emotional well-being and then how to ensure those around you are able to you know come out of the other end of this um uh healthy emotionally healthy um because we're going to be in this unfortunately we're going to be in this for a, a while we're going to you know when i mean a while i, I don't mean a couple of days weeks uh, you, you know reality is regardless of what's being said by the politicians this is going you know until we have a, an immunization and a treatment, this is just going to go through cycles. So if you think of it logically, our only defense is to stay away from one another. I mean, that's, you know, we're in the 21st century. We have advanced technology, advanced medicine. Our only defense is to stay away from one another. There's no shot. There's no pill. There's no, there's nothing that's going to um, protect us other than distance. So that's, you know, a, a concern because it's going to continue to infect people and work its way uh, through the population. Through the populations. And, and I'm concerned that we're going to be, get a false sense of optimism if the numbers start to do, go down, um, go towards the other direction and decline, and everyone's going to want to race to get back to normal, not understanding that there is now a new normal, and the new normal is going to, um, you know, smack us in, in the face when the infections rise uh, again. So we have to be patient and let the the scientists and the and the you know the epidemiologists and virologists and all the you know the people that are good at this and do this for a living um figure out you know how to develop an immunization and and a, and a treatment. So until then we have to adjust. We have to be really mindful of how we are responding as individuals and those around us keeping an eye on each other. And I'm concerned that's hard to do when you're doing it virtually for many people. Um, you know, someone and who lives alone. How about people? Yeah, people live alone. Exactly. Individuals are living alone. Um, you know, you're hopeful that they have 
some version of, of uh, you know, some version of, of uh, uh, remote connectivity, whether it's a phone or an iPad or a tablet or a computer, um, and they have the ability to use it and they're comfortable using it, um, you know, because this is different. This is very different. This is not a, a one-off event that's going to uh, have a, a week later have a, uh, you know, a candle light vigil and, and, a, and, and you know, and coming together and holding hands. It's it's not going to happen. I think um, I think um, one of the things I, I I'm just going to say is I feel like the gov- our role or our understanding of the role government should take in our lives with certain things like public welfare. I feel like this is going to change or, or security of the of, of the society. Uh, this is going to change the opinion of what role government should take and how the federal government should step up and do certain things to support state governments. In, in pandemics, for example, there are certain things like that that are being tested right now, and we're seeing, yeah. you know, trial and error patchwork of things. But I think you're going to see that in the future. So maybe there'll be yeah. a different understanding of our role government's going to play in our lives, and for the benefit of things. Um, government and leadership, you know, leadership. Yeah. I, I said right when, right, I said this to colleagues right before our public schools were were closed that. This is going to weed out the true leaders from from the Fugazis, you know, from the you know from those who have the title but have but don't have the leadership ability. And again, I'm not being uh, it may sound critical or harsh, but it's true. And, it's, and it's an opinion. You, can you know, it's that. just <laughs> leadership. You know, will rise. You got to hope that we have, um, you know, strong, decisive, pragmatic leadership. You know, this is not a time for effective um, leadership. <laughs> you, you know, yeah, this is not a time for, <clears throat> you know, playing to the um, to the to the will of the people. This is a time that leadership has to be able to to tell the people as much as you want to do X, you, you can't. And and I'm sorry that you're investment account for your pension is is down right now but we we need to you know maintain our health and well-being and and this is becoming a national security uh concern you know and i think we have to and it's being going to be a time where it's going to show us um that we are you know should be more humble i think we you know we're the world superpower we're we're leading the world economically and with technological advancements, but yet there's still this unseen, we can't see it by the naked eye, this, this virus that has crippled us. Um, and I think that's humbling for us. I think we still are, are you know, we're going to come out of this realizing like we are not the superior species. You know, obviously th- there's, a, there's a war right now against a virus and the virus is it's kicking our butt um, because we yeah. don't have a defense I mean, I, I imagine going into a war with no known defense and no and no no weapon. We we have no way to fight it. We'd have, you know, we're in retreat. So as much as the political powers are saying we're in a war, uh, you know, we're we're in retreat, and we're we're you know in the foxholes, just waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting for reinforcements. And that that reinforcement may not come for another uh, you know twelve to eighteen months. So we're going to see yeah. what our, you know, leadership is going to be tested. And um, it's being tested now. And, you know, consensus is not always, it's, I don't believe that consensus is always a is a healthy way of 
responding to anything because you're just relying on you have a, you could have 50 people in a room who have no knowledge of of the uh, the question at hand and if they all agree that doesn't make it right so we have to really be careful we got to rely on the experts you know we have to rely on those people who have been in labs and and you know and working in this for their entire careers this is their moment to to step up and like Doctor Fauci, uh, he's like yeah, he exudes respect. Just, <laughs> yeah, I mean, just when you hear him listen, talk, you, he just exudes that that respect that you can just respect his opinion because you know he knows what he's talking about, and he reassures yeah. me when I hear him. And it's good to I'm, have I'm, that. I'm I'm concerned by the by the messaging, especially the messaging that our children are receiving. Um, social media's, you know, the jury's for me. The jury's still out on on, on it. I, Misinformation, I've, you mean? Yeah, I've kind of been, you know, I grew up in a generation where if you wanted to say something bad about somebody, you either said it behind their back or you wrote it on the, you know, the inside of a bathroom stall or, you know, and then someone would yeah. come along and wipe it clean. And that, that's that's gone away now. It's all gone electronic. And so I and I don't like how um, people have the, the, the ease of sp- spreading urban legend and myth. You know, it's just far worse now than it's ever been. Um, I do a lot of work with bullying prevention and cyberbullying is so harmful because of that because it just spreads like a you know a wildfire and and then it's it's never extinguished it's always out there it's a flame you know waiting to, me, to be re- rekindled so we're really I struggling hear that term with cyberbullying right now I want to ask you this I hear that term cyberbullying all the time can you explain to our audience what that entails like what an example that would be and how that's you know categorized. Well, it, I mean, it's 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 a form of uh, a, a aggression, uh, whether it's a direct act of aggression or passive aggressive, and it could be any. It could be excluding individuals electronically from from you know uh, text messages, from chats, from posts, uh, you know, purpose purposely, um, you know, not liking someone else's post, um, encouraging others to exclude someone um saying saying terrible things about someone uh, you know using any electronic form whether it's a text or a facebook post or twitter or whatever it may be impersonating individuals um you know trolling them um cyber flaming i mean there's so many different bizarre cyber flaming? um um you you get into um cyber flaming is this generation's way of you know saying that you are um Exposing someone and burning them up in front of everybody else, kind of like uh, putting them down <clears throat> in front of others, publicly? In a, but in publicly oh, okay. in a mass way, yeah. Um, you know, outing them, uh, so to speak. Um, so, you know, it, it's it's scary because people are getting their information from social media, and you don't know who that source is. So, when you're home and you're stuck home. Uh, because you know you're you're not you're working from home. Your kids are being educated from home remotely, and you're you're watching the 24-hour news cycle. And then while you're if you're not watching the 24-hour news cycle, you're on social media, and you're comp- always being um, bombarded by all of this information. And you, you know you could the other day I changed a channel, and <clears throat> one news 24-hour news channel was saying one thing, and you flip a couple channels over, and they're saying the complete opposite. And you know, that's where I'm going back to leadership is people are going to start to question what is the truth. 
you know, you're messing with our lives now, our, our well-being. Uh, what is the truth? And we need to know the truth. And we have to see who's going to be willing to tell the truth. And then my concern is when the truth is being delivered, it's those there's, there's too many people who are willing to deny the truth. And um, when they deny the truth about this event, it's going to cost lives. Um, you know, uh, the, the give the example is the flat earth movement, right? I mean, I'm pretty, you know, sure you've heard of that. And there's, you know, I have no concern that yeah. if I jumped in a ship and I went around, I'm not going to fall off the edge of the earth. Like, I, I, I'm, yeah. you know, people could argue with me. <laughs> I, I, I get it, but I'm not. But I don't is, actually. But <laughs> this is uh, this is this is I, different. I, I, you know, I'm really concerned that if we're told to go back to normal sooner than we should then people are going to lose their lives. And I don't know, I'm not going to risk my life or my children's lives or my wife's life or my family no members because a politician it. believes it's time to go back to normal. So we have to not be careful. It. And as an educator and as an administrator, I'm really concerned about how that is going to impact schools because children are vectors for this virus. You know, they're little viral incubators. And if we put them all back in schools and then they, you know, they're all mixed together and then they're going back home and there's a risk of them infecting their family members. Right and then there we go again. So we have to really use common sense um, and, and be pragmatic about this. But we'll, we're going to see what leadership does. And, and hopefully we are, you know, advanced enough now as a society to understand that we, we, the response would not be, um, you know, a complete uh, in the streets, marching and protesting. Obviously, we're not going to be able to do that here. It's going to be <clears throat> much more, um, you know, either you know, socially from a distance, being able to uh, try to have the voices of reason be louder than those who are, are um, you know, spreading the myth and the urban urban legends and the rest of that. So we need people out there, you know, writing and blogging and posting who are knowledgeable, who are who are practical and, and take a practical approach to things and having enough of those voices represented rather than, you know, someone who's just, you know, copying and pasting something that they, they saw on another social media site. I mean, I was hearing things that were just laughable. Hold your breath for 10 seconds. If you don't cough, you're fine. Uh, that's not science, right? I mean, we have to trust yeah. in science. So, and, and, when it comes to emotional well-being and mental health, you know, that's a whole nother, uh, you know, phase of this process that we are not thinking about right now. Everyone's thinking about their physical health. Do not contract the virus. Don't get sick. We're not focused on, enough, we're not focused enough on, okay, you don't have the virus, you're home, you're with your family, you're safe. How do you maintain your your mental health, your emotional well-being? Well-being, yeah, that you're is right. the hard part. So I'm concerned about those in education. Again, speaking from the educator side, there's a lot of students. We we as educators see a spike in referrals for suicide ideology, uh, you know, su suicidal ideations, uh, suicidal behaviors as we. Uh, get closer to long-term breaks, holidays, because kids, as they get closer to these week or week and a half vacations from school, uh, when the holidays come around, tend to get a bit more 
depressed and feel more hopeless because they don't want to be home. School is their refuge. Their friends are their refuge. Now think about that kid who's living in a home with a maybe a parent that has mental illness, a parent who's an alcoholic, a parent who's involved with substance abuse. That that adult is now dealing with the stressors from this COVID-19 being uh, social distancing, you know, quarantined in their home. That parent is now experiencing the stress of, I don't, I might lose my job. I might lose, we might lose our house. We might be homeless. I mean, all of those what ifs, they start to catastrophize and their coping mechanism is to drink, use drugs, whatever, you know, whatever it may be. Or the individual who's dealing with mental illness and, um, you know, has a diagnosed anxiety disorder, has um, clinical depression, and they're they're struggling to care for themselves. And how are they caring for their children? And what's even more concerning is those agencies who are typically called in to assist aren't are going to have a really difficult time being able to assist. Because how do you remotely assist a child in crisis, right? So yeah, it's it's hard because typically the, ch- the child would come to school. And the professionals would either pick up on the red flags or the child would come forward or their friend would come forward and let us know. And then we'd be able to contact the agencies, Child Protective Services, the kid's therapist, whomever it may be. But if the kid is uh, stuck home and doesn't have a lot of contact with others, who's going to pick up on those red flags? So I'm concerned that we're going to, you know, get cabin fever and, um, you know, individuals are going to really have a difficult time those those people that I mentioned earlier that that would be on the hot list, um, they're going to have a difficult time dealing with this, and the, and so I'm concerned about how parents are dealing with going to deal with it, and how children are going to are going to deal with this. So we're we're you know the the information that I put together in the, in the course about dealing with um, you know mental health and emotional health is all coming directly from the from the Centers for Disease Control. Um, and packaged in video content so that it's easy for individuals to, you know, watch the videos and listen and read the, read the content on screen. Um, it's a little bit more engaging but, than just reading a website so that, and it could be played back and forth as many times as the person wants so they can get the information. I'm trying to deliver the information in easily digestible format, hoping that people um, are mindful of their own emotional well-being and, their, and those, those around them. I feel like everybody going through this collectively has their angst and anxiety, no matter who you are. Every, it's just endemic to all of us, mostly, unless there's someone that doesn't think this thing is real. But I want to ask you, when it comes to children, what are the, the typical things that you would do to identify distress in them? Again, it's same as adults. You know, it's okay. The key is knowing the child. So. Um, you're looking for any. You're looking for significant. You're looking for changes, significant changes. Um, so, is there an increase in irritability? Is there sleeping more, sleeping less, eating more, eating less? Um, you know, those are all the the, the look fors, and the look fors are not enough. So, the look for is the the indicator. It's how you respond to that. And the goal is to always try to 
Uh, we're not talking about an individual that's on our hot list. We're talking about the individuals who are just experiencing this like everyone else. The goal is to try your best to to maintain routine. Children are resilient. Children actually come out of these experiences um, somewhat a, a little bit easier than the adults do. Uh, children are very resilient. Um, they take their cues from the adults. So if they have healthy adult role models, um, they're going to come out of it okay. It, the problem is if a child has an undiagnosed um, anxiety disorder, undiagnosed depression, is, has a family history of being uh, you know, prone to depression or anxiety, it, this could trigger some of those experiences. You wouldn't want a child to mimic the behaviors that they're seeing from the, the adults uh, in the home. But when, So, you, you know, kids all respond differently, and it's not all going to be a response that's from within. It could also be responses um, that they're picking up on the cues from from the outside. So, you know, I, I know you're looking for one answer, um, and that's the hard part. There is no one single answer that's going to fit all of these. So, what parents and caregivers should be looking for is change, is significant change. Is a child who's typically happy, outgoing, engaging now much more withdrawn going off to another part of the house. That doesn't mean we're going to rush to call 911 and, and suicide hotline and get a psychiatrist or a social worker in the house. It means we're going to engage and, and talk and see what's going on because it's natural to respond to this event with change uh, and changes in behaviors. It's We don't want that change to be uh, long-term, and we don't want it to then adversely impact the person's uh, lifestyle. So if they you know, stop bathing, stop eating, uh, you know, eating too much. Everyone's, you know, the the memes on social media are well, right now are all about toilet paper, uh, hoarding toilet paper. Um, you know, parents making um, comical memes about homeschooling their kids. Uh, you know the yeah, the, seen those. you know suspended my kid today, and the parent, the teacher got fired for drinking on the job. You know, the funny memes, and then the the um, the third one that's really popular is. Uh, you know, all the weight gain that's going to happen as a response to this. Um, so it's natural. People are, you know, eating their eating their supplies and stuff. It's just how what's the long term? So we're looking for two to four weeks of consecutive, you know, two to four weeks of, of this behavior and then not coming out on the end of that, back to getting back to a normal. There's going to be a new normal. So we're looking for kids to be able to uh, adapt to this. So we're right now we're in the right in the middle of the adaptation adaptation period here in, in New Jersey. So, the, you know, what parents are looking for and what they can do are two different components. Looking for all those things I mentioned, but now you need to respond. The first thing I did with my children was we had to create, d- develop a schedule. Uh, Half-hour increments, you know, typed up. I uh, let them, you know, pick the colors for the fonts that they want and put pictures on the bottom for their favorite sports just to personalize it. But half-hour increments, they have to have a time to wake up. They have to have a time to eat, to brush their teeth. Uh, they need a schedule. They need a routine. They can't become couch potatoes uh, and, and laying on the couch all day looking at social media. And, and the, as parents, we can't be guilty of watching the 24-hour news cycle in front of them, which is, you know um, – can be very frightening for a young kid when you hear the adults saying the things that they're you know, talking about, how bad this oh, is. Yeah. They need to be reminded of that. So uh, develop a schedule for your for, for kids. Um, keep them on that schedule. 
um, you know, so that they have a routine, have stick to their bedtime routine. Messaging is so uh, important, right? Messaging, messaging is, yeah. Getting, trying to Being able to explain to your child cre- what this is all about. or Creating a new normal within your home. You know, the, your home is now your workplace, the school, the playground. It's all now in, in one. So whether you live in a, in a, in a, in a, in a house, in an apartment, in, in whatever it may be, uh, creating a routine and having the ability to, um, you know, have the kids follow that routine, um, you know, stick to it. And uh, they once they get into a routine, then you should see them start to create a new normal where those red flags of behavior changes would start to fade. And that's a good sign because now they're they're adapting to their new environment and their new routine. If they don't adapt, um, then we would be more concerned because they're now now obviously not dealing well with with the experience. So you know, there's a lot going on. Parents have to create that have that discipline to create a routine for themselves as well. Um, you know, but I, again, I feel for those individuals who are in cramped quarters, who are uh, struggling with an adult with mental health issues or, or, or just medical issues. Um, you know, you have a family member in the home who's not well, who needs a lot of care. And now, you know, there's other individuals who need care as well. It's just a very trying time, um, for people. I agree with that. I just want to ask you this. When you look at it in terms of helping your child, uh, is there anything that you guys do in the school system about like meditating or helping a child like be able to meditate or is that something that isn't really implemented so much? With this uh, oh, it's, stuff? It's, uh, mindfulness has gained um, much, uh, much more acceptable and gained popularity. Uh, I'd say over the last three to four years. Um, so yes, having students, um, you know, again, and that's something that can be done as a family, as an individual or, or using technology. There's, uh, we, we, what we do in our uh, online curriculum uh, courses for students through Onspire, because <clears throat> we have character education, bullying prevention, teaching civility and cultures, at the end of those courses, we actually have a mindfulness unit uh, that just takes takes the students through a, a deep breathing exercise. Um, it's not you know, it's non-denominational, has nothing to do with religion, has nothing to do with spirituality, it has to do with relaxation. You know, we need to breathe. And it's, it's um, you know, it's ironic how we're dealing with a, uh, a disease that impacts our respiratory system and, and, you know, causes people to not be yeah. able to breathe. So the one healthy thing to do when we're feeling stressed is to be able to just breathe and breathe. relax. Um so yeah, that could be built into this into a into a child's daily schedule routine. Um, it's just taking you know five minutes throughout you know during the day at some point um, or twice a day to just be able to breathe. Turn off all the devices, go dark on your devices, shut off all the electronics, and just sit and relax, and and be able to just focus on their breath. Um, and and that 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 would be that is very helpful um, to do. And if they don't that's like know how to do it, it's not hard to, <laughs> to learn, right? Yeah, I was gonna say that's a large part of the stuff that we do in our in our area. Um, the new, you know, not new age, but I'd say meditation and mindfulness kind of stuff, mind, body, spirit. I, you know, mm-hmm. I want to. I wanna, we're we're already running low on time. It goes fast. I want to ask you about what, I guess, finishing comments or what kind of 
recommendations would you make to any of our listeners regarding comforting their children or adjusting to the new changes of what I would refer to, like you said, new normal? Uh, what recommendations do you have moving forward? What do you think? Uh, plan for the long term. Um, you know, don't don't uh, approach this as a a bump in the road. Don't approach this as a passing snowstorm that's going to eventually thaw and melt away. Plant, you know, be prepared for the long term change. So, uh, you know, without alarming your children develop that new schedule for them uh, at home, you know, that goes, you know, seven days a week, you know, half hour increments or an hour at a clip, whatever it may be, um, where everything is scheduled and regimented so that they have the ability to predict what's coming next because they focus on their routine and predictability. They're able to let their, they they become more shielded from the outside noise um, that, that tries to permeate, you know their 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 psyche there. They, they they get to the point where they're in a routine. They're not really focusing on what's on the news at that time, because this is not going to be uh, you know a couple of days. Um, and, and listeners could become you know I, I mean listeners can be from anywhere in in, in this, the country or the world. So it's going to go through waves. Um, we're going to have you know waves of of outbreaks throughout the country, and then it make like a you know just like the ocean wave, it's going to crash upon the shore and then recede and then come back again. So we have to be prepared for for that change, not rushing to get back to what what we were accustomed to in, in terms of our routines. Um, so children you know need what? predictability; they need that sense of normal, I, and we're just creating a new normal for them. I was thinking of this today. I went to get gas. And I'm like, just the transaction of pumping your own, well, down in Florida, I know in New Jersey, you get this gas pump for you, but down here, when you got to pump your gas, touching the, right. touching the lid of the gas container and your ATM, when you push in the, there's so many ways that we come in contact with one another and other germs. It's like, I just think it's going to really take societal changes, you know, well, behavior, you know be, behavior changes, right? It's the focus has been, you know, you know washing your hands many times throughout the day, hand sanitizing, uh, not touching your face. I mean, the, the simple things, but again, the, the, my concern is that is our only defense right now, is there are defenses to not get infected, to stay away from one another and not get infected because we can't just, you know, say, oh, it's no big deal. If I get infected, I go to a doctor and I get an antibiotic, an antiviral, whatever. That, that doesn't exist. So we have to really be vigilant about being mindful of our interactions, our behaviors, but other than the infection, it's, okay, I'm home, I'm safe, I'm not going to get infected. How am I going to deal with my emotional and mental well-being? Um, and that's going to, you know, that's going to be the challenge once we settle into this. For It's it's it's, it's coming, so people want to be out ahead of it. So as much as they would be, um, you know, to close out, I mean, as much as everyone went out and stocked up on their supplies, oh, okay. now's the time to, yeah. to do the, the stocking up on your mental and emotional well-being and being prepared for for that um, as well. That's a, that's a great point. I want to ask you about Onspire Learning, if you could tell our audience a little more about that in terms of what it is and, and what you're offering with that and how does you get involved with it, if they're interested, as an educator or yeah. parent or um, individual. The Onspire is an online learning uh, system, uh, online courses. Um, we develop content for schools, uh, professional training for uh, for educators, 
um, online courses for students. Um, we have the ability for individuals to create their own online courses and, and to share them out and push them out, the content out to others. Um, and it's all um, in, connected to our other software products. We have um, bullying prevention software called Hibster, uh, because in New Jersey, it's harassment, intimidation, and bullying. Um, we have a software program that's, that focuses on the intervention plans for, uh, for the schools would develop for students um, for Section 504 or response to intervention or uh, health plans. So we have a com comprehensive suite of educational products. But Onspire has enabled us to um, open it up to uh, be more than just the educational uh, sector and provide others with a, a platform to, um, you know, not just take courses, but uh, to teach courses. So we're really excited about that. And so the focus has been the last few weeks with this event has been to use the platform to provide free content for um, for users to to view the information that the CDC has been providing, but just uh, produced in a, in a format that's easier to uh to digest and reading from a website. Um, and, sure. And, you know, so we try to keep our content short uh, segments. You know, rather than a one-hour straight video, we would break it up into you know, uh, you know, ten six-minute videos, or you know, just to make it easier for people to to watch and come back and take it in different components, you know, different different chapters and units. And uh, it's it's Great. Um, you know something that's. You know, helpful during a time like this, and, and and any 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 anything that gets information out that's helpful to people is is a good thing. So, what I'll do is I know I have the website onspirelearning.hipster.com uh, on my pro program notes for this episode. So, if anyone's interested, in wanting to check that out, you can check that out in the notes for the program. Uh, let me ask you yeah. this, Jamie. Going forward, what um, lasting suggestion would you make for anyone in our audience about how to do some self-care for themselves? Yeah, uh, absolutely create a, uh, a schedule and a routine for yourself. Um, you know, being relegated to our homes, it's just far too easy to, to, to slide down that slippery slope, you know, slope of not bathing, not getting dressed, not, you know, it's like not leaving the couch. Um, you got to, Break your house up into different, you know, units. You know, have an area to do your work that's devoted. If you're working from home, an area that's devoted for work, so that you know, you, when you hit that area, you, you turn on the switch and you're in work mode. Um, you know, have an area for for rest and relaxation. You know, so develop a develop a routine, a schedule for yourself, and develop areas within your home that are uh, identifiable to you because you're you're creating new you're just taking your world and making it smaller and bringing it in um and it can be done anywhere it could be a small apartment or you people have a large home and they have a home office it, it it just helping your mind adjust to the change um in the same way that those people you know, in the one who's incarcerated they'll take a an 8 by 10 cell but they know this part of my cell is where I do my my push-ups and this part of my cell is where I do my reading and this part of my cell is where I wash and bathe. It's the same concept. Um, people need to be able to do that and have those those unseen line of demarcations that help divide out the house and their day. Break it up into smaller compartments. 
That's all we have to do is break it up into smaller compartments and, you know, predict your day. And it goes fast. What I'm hearing a lot of people say is, what day is it? You know, they're losing track of days, <laughs> which is uh, nice. Yeah. It's like, well, that's how you feel when you're on vacation, right? You lose track of days. Or retired. You're not, we're, we're not, we're not, right. <laughs> or retired, so, right? Yeah. Right. So, but if you, if within the day you know what you're predicting, then the number of the day is not the, – the, the name and the number is not as important as what, what you're doing now. So focus on being present in, in the now. At 10 a.m., this is what I do every day. You know, At, at 1 o'clock, this is what I do, and, and this is where I do it. Don't mix locations because your brain your, – your, you, know, you want to condition your brain to know that when it's seated, your body's seated at a specific location – that if it's during a certain time of day that it's in that mode and it'll become a habit um, and it'll, it'll become predictable. It's the same as when we're commuting to work and, and um, you know, on uh, Monday to Friday and then for some reason on a Saturday you're on that same road and you missed the exit that you needed to get off because your mind thinks we're going to work. You know, <laughs> we're going to work now and you're not. So you want to get in that rhythm of uh, being able to, Break everything up and and then re um, reshuffle the deck and be in a new a new routine and a new rhythm, and that helps I because think, you'll have yeah. a sense of routine I, and normalcy. I like the way you recommend that and suggest that. I also think mental wellness is such an important part of any component of health that has to be taken into consideration when people are talking about these shifting changes in our society. You know, um, yeah. I mean, look, the mental mental yeah. mind body and spirit connection is. All can be done within our home. I mean, if you don't have a treadmill and you right. can't go outside, you can walk up and down stairs. You can walk in place. You can do, whatever, you know, all of that. Just you break up your day to be able to have it scheduled, and then you break up the interior of your home so that different locations serve different purposes. Um, you know, it's not healthy sure. to lay in bed all day, right? It's not healthy to sit no. on the couch all day. So um, you'd want to be able to, you know, I'm noticing with my family where – we're having more meals together because we usually don't because we're always on the go. You know, we're having more meals yeah. together. Um, my wife is able to cook a meal and we all can sit around and eat and not feel rushed to go off to a practice or order in. Um, you know, so that, that, that part is, is, has been an eye-opening experience. So there's part of me that doesn't want to go back to that old way. Uh, there's part of me that doesn't want to go back to that. It, right, right. it is interesting that, to compare that and think of these differences of slowing down versus, you know, how normal our normal was previous, our old normal versus the new normal. Right. You know, that's definitely something to take into consideration. I, from my vantage point, I had an opportunity to have two weeks with our mom. You know, she stayed here for two weeks and went back today to her place. But that's quality right. time I hadn't previously expected to enjoy. So. You know, it's it's interesting. You can even enjoy your own pets more if you have pets. There's a lot of people who own animals, and they can enjoy their animals more by working near them. You know, so there. I mean, mm-hmm. there's changes. It's just a lot of. It's like a. It's like shaking up the globe. You know, like literally in many ways. But let's just yep. pray shake that it up the snow globe, and, and then it's going to settle, right? And then just adjusting exactly. to it each time it shakes, right? Okay. One of the things we talk about regularly on the show is paradigm shifts, and that's what we're literally dealing with on a global level: the paradigm shift. So how we view the world with us and perceiving it and, and interconnectedness and all that stuff. So yeah, I, I, uh, I had a conversation with, with, with my, my daughter today and uh, cause she's 11 and, and she's able to understand um, what's going on. And 
you know, I had to put in, in perspective for her that, you know, what we are experiencing now is something that that daddy's never experienced in his lifetime, that the last time this happened, um, something similar to this happened, uh, you know, in the U.S. was uh, over 100 years ago, and that, you know, so don't don't be afraid that things seem to be a little crazy right now because this is just new to everyone. Um, but, you know, we're all going to work through this together, and, and she understands, and she's preparing me for, you know, well, when we go to the physical therapy office, Dad, you're going to have to fill out a checklist that says you don't have a cough, you don't have a fever. <laughs> she's resilient. She, she's telling me what I have yeah. to do, right? She's already yeah, adjusted yeah. to that, right? Never had to do that with you when, when you went somewhere, you know? Now they want to know, do you have a fever, do you have a cough, do you have a flu-like symptoms? Check, 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 you sign it. This way they have a record of who's coming in and out of their office. God forbid there's a, an outbreak among their their patients, right? Smart. But oh, she's sure. like, oh, Dad, don't worry. You just have to fill out your form and I'll fill out mine. Okay. I mean, so kids are resilient. It's just, you know, they'll, they'll adjust. It's As adults, we just have to try our best to model healthy behaviors for them. So, you know, setting those routines, having areas – you know, families are taking walks now. Families are, but my, you know, I know my neighbors the other day had like an outdoor exercise <laughs> time together where they were all in the grass working out together. I mean, I'm noticing more people are out walking. Um, it's like returning and, to nature. You know, it's it's, it's <laughs> you know? a return <laughs> to, you know, what what life was probably like for our grandparents' generation when you when the workday ended, it ended, and you had time for family. We really have blurred the lines um, between that. work Great. and family and work and recreation, and technology has done that to us, um, you know, where you're tethered to your phone and your phone has your work email and, um, you know, text messaging. You're really never it. able to turn off. You can't, and this is causing us to pause and say, you know what, it doesn't need to be right now. It can, it, it, it's okay. I can, I don't need to respond sure. to that email right now. Um you know, I don't need to be there twenty four seven. Have that connection. I can spend some more time with my family, and then, and, and, and yeah, that's healthy. Too. But but we need to hope that people are all able to get to that point. Um, but I'm concerned about um, really concerned about those who are in in already living in unhealthy environments who are going to be in them for a much longer period of time um, with with feeling as if they're trapped. You know, they, those individuals need to be able to somehow stay connected to the outside world. So that's where technology is helpful um, in that that's sense. That's accurate. Uh, and hopefully that will be something in, in terms of how people can adjust and make their own um, ability to transcend into the new normal that we're all starting to have to adjust to, for sure. Right. And also to be more mindful and to be able to take time to breathe and look within. Um you know, the school district that I'm currently uh, working for, uh, the superintendent decided that today would be a mindfulness day. Uh, district-wide mindfulness, remote mindfulness. Basically, when I'm wow. focusing on language arts or math today, we're focusing on mindfulness. Then going, uh, there's a platform that they use for you know, have audio for mindfulness exercises and things of nature. It's, it's you know, acknowledging that there's um more you know there's much more to life than than spinning in that 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 the wheel in the, in the cage as a rat you know 
being productive yeah. all the time. There's other ways to be it's productive. Like, is it living, working to live as compared to living to work? <laughs> I think that's what they usually absolutely. say. Uh, the yes, comparison absolutely. between the two. Jamie, we're running yeah. low on time. I want to really thank you for coming on and sharing your opinions today and your background and experience with this important topic and adjusting and helping our kids cope with stress during the coronavirus pandemic and just dealing with trauma and disasters in general. I just really I, I appreciate you coming on and sharing your information as well about Onspire Learning. Um, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate Thanks, brother. It. Great right, show. Congratulations to you. Um, <laughs> proud of you. you. Yeah, you know, great show and uh, great guests. I hope to come on again. We'll talk about bullying maybe yeah. next time. We could talk about special needs students and parents advocating for their kids and helping people. Maybe uh, maybe this will finally be a excuse for mom to listen to the show. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah, uh, you know, we're talking here. But, uh, yeah, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it, James. Thank uh, you. Stay well. well stay for sure. Thank you. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. I just want to thank Jamie for coming on to the show today and discussing um, what I consider a very important topic. Uh, When you have your own podcast and we're all sharing a common experience here, not one person on this planet is going to not be impacted in some way by this pandemic that we're dealing with. And we're all going to handle these things in different ways. Um, Adjusting to just living under new normal situations doesn't always help us. It creates some anxiety and collective anxiety. I've had moments where I can admit that I've had some panic feelings. Um, I had to meditate and really feel connected in deeper ways to just realize that this is something we're going through collectively as a, as a planet and that we will overcome this. In the meantime, we've got to stay grounded within ourselves and really appreciate why we're here and what we have as our purpose for living. Uh, one of the things for me a couple of years ago when I had cancer was I had to go through this mental process within myself and I reorganized how I looked at life, you know, not necessarily placing as much emphasis on the material and on the things that we just aren't going to take with us. We're going to another spot. When we die, we don't end. We keep going. At least that's my opinion. Um, when it comes to my brother, I'm very proud of him, and I'm so grateful that he came on today to share his expertise and opinions regarding um, this important topic and looking at it from the context of the educational system, as well as looking at it from how to work with your children and noticing trauma and distress within them. And that's something that's very pivotal and important right now. So I uh, am definitely proud of him and I wish him all the success in his future endeavors with that. And I'll definitely have on again in the future. If anyone has any questions about this episode, you can definitely reach out to me at info at the letter D, socialpsychicradio.com. I'm always happy to uh, review suggestions or any opinions or sharing that you'd like to do with that. And I really appreciate uh, our guests and our audience as well. Thank you so much for supporting the show. And um, feel free to uh, reach out. Um, We all have time on our hands. I'll be happy to do more episodes as we go forward. Until then, Uh, Can't wait to talk to you further. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Social Psychic Radio Show. Don't forget to join us for another episode next time. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give us a review on iTunes. You can also check us out on Facebook. And don't forget to visit the Social Psychic YouTube channel. Until next time, it's a big world out there. Keep an open mind. Embrace your paradigms. And know that the universe is always yours to explore.
Are you looking for that perfect gift to express your appreciation for your loved one or bestie? Well, look no further. Royal Susie offers one-of-a-kind designs with genuine high-quality crystals, stones, and the most precious of metals that are guaranteed to satisfy the urges of your inner king or queen. Each piece is handcrafted with love and is sure to inspire and captivate all. Indulge yourself by visiting Royal Susie's website at www.royalsusie.com for splendid items like agate bookends, impressively crystal-studded bottle stoppers, and beautifully handcrafted nightlights that will charm every room in your home. Royal Susie's featured collections will truly delight your guests and always make them feel welcome. Any questions? Contact Royal Susie directly by email at royalsusiedesigns at yahoo.com. At Baker's, no matter where you order free pickup, you get the same great deals as you'd get in store. So you can save when you order during band practice or at the dog park or wherever. Start your cart with the Baker's app and save from wherever today. Baker's, fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum restrictions may apply. Subject to availability. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement, inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement, where I unpack living a faith-filled life. I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on Electricast and any platform where you listen to your podcast. Electricast. Welcome to Ringside with Ray and Prince. My name is Ray Leonard Jr. Oh, is that the shit? No, that's just my dad. My name is Prince Daniels Jr. Daniels again with a big hole. On this show, we come to humanize athletes, entertainers, business executives. We're going to see what makes them tick. Tuesdays, 10 a.m. Pacific time on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you there. Peace and power. Electric acid. Electric acid. 